the home of the common Joe and the common Sally in the know, even more so than all those media talking heads. Going back to USC for a second, uh, me and you talked about this off the air. They, even their administration is a burning dump bin, man. I mean, they're out there worrying about some of the pettiest stuff, man. They banned the word field from being used because they said it had uh, negative connotations to racism and and uh, bad. The word field? field? Vibe, yeah, the word field, like football field, field of dreams, the movie, that kind of thing. Huh. And I guess they're going and they wanted to replace it with some word called practimus or something. I can't remember how it was said, but. I guess we'd call the movie Practimus Dreams or something, or you know, man, this has got me. Can't call it football that. field. I guess we just call it a football meadow or something. Maybe you have, <laughs> you know, and then on the big screen up there, you can have that that um, lead up to Little House of the Prairie when that little girl's running down the meadow and she falls down or some shit. Back to the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Watkins, and if you love college football, you're definitely in the right place. So before you forget, smash that red subscriber button, like our videos, and don't forget to ring the bell so you don't miss one moment of the Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. Folks, I am ever so honored to finally be able to bring this uh, guest to you. This is somebody that uh, a lot of my audience has been asking for. I believe a lot of his audience as well has been asking for us to do a little bit of a shoulder together. So it is without, it is actually with, with great honor again that I announce to you, outlaw of college football, Mr. Jesse Paul Clark, also known as, to the show. Welcome to the show, outlaw. How's it going, man? <laughs> finally, finally, the HOF and the OCF are at it together. Man, we have been, uh, you know, it's weird that we hadn't found a way to get there before, but I was, uh, it was one of the things that I said um, early to start the season. To start the year, I'm going to make sure that we get something going with the Outlaw College Football. We have so much in common on what we think. Um, it's especially when it comes to old Linky Boy and right. the and and as you call them the Skittle Shitters at That's USC. Right. Got so, my my Waffle House cup today, coffee. Come in here to scatter and smother some people. 
throw them on the grill. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So the first thing I kind of wanted to bring up now, obviously, uh, we just got done watching uh, utter dismantling of TCU. It did not look good the other day by the Georgia Bulldogs. And it kind of brought back, and I think we've both kind of spoken about this since then, but that just that air raid Lincoln Riley offense uh, that obviously derived from Leach and, and, and some of these other guys just doesn't really cut it when you get down to the playoff and going up against these SEC juggernauts that play defense first. Um, you know, and it just, I think it was more of a, a more proof of that. Now, nobody from USC wants to hear that. But that's why we're here anyway, is because it doesn't matter what they want. We're just going to hear, we're going to tell the truth. <laughs> well, right? They, um, they score points in games that, I mean, they matter, but they're not championship-type games. Now, you can probably get away with it and win a conference title playing that kind of stuff, but once you get on the national stage, man, it's been proven time and time again that it just ain't going to happen. Now, Lincoln Riley, for all his – crap that I don't like. He has actually scored a few points in his games, but the problem is they can't stop nobody. Right. I mean, as you know, because you're an Oklahoma fan, LSU beat them 63-28. to 28. They got their 28 points, but they give up 63. Alabama beat them 45-34. Mm-hmm. And even back with Georgia, the game. Well, they were down twenty-eight nothing before freaking first quarter was over with. Right. You know what I mean? That was that wasn't even it. That game was never close. Yeah, it's they've been just took his foot off the gas. Right. Whereas you know teams like LSU and, and uh, Georgia, sometimes they don't take their foot off the gas. But even back when that when Oklahoma played Georgia, y'all had that game won. That should have been the year that y'all played Alabama for the national championship. And yeah. probably if there was going to be if there was going to be a year that they were going to win it, it would have been that year because yeah, they because did have the big boys along the defensive line. Exactly. They they could have beat Alabama. Sure. And uh <laughs> he's up 31-14 and Georgia gets that little field goal right before halftime because that stupid kick that he done. Squib kick. And, um, I was at the Rose Bowl that the night, man. History. What did that game end up, what, 52 to 51 or something, or 53-52 or something like that? Well, yeah. Well, it went to overtime, and they they screwed up the – they had that fumble, and then, I mean, right away. I, and the thing was is that Baker had been sick all week. And so, for whatever reason, he takes his foot off of the gas. And once you – once you let somebody change the momentum, then it's over. And as as well as Baker played, I mean, he was that was he was definitely the best player in college football that year, in my mind. And they had a nice. They, I mean, they were great on offense. There was no reason why they should have lost. And even defensively, as I said, Jake Fromm and those guys hadn't done anything uh, up until that point. And you let you left that little opening. Sony Michelle goes right through it, and the next thing you know, you're in a shootout and. As we know, look at all these times. What was that, the fifth or sixth time that they've had a 14-point lead? A Lincoln-Riley team's had a 14-point or more lead and lost in a postseason game or in something, uh, whether it be a conference title or in the playoff or whatever. He's just not right. good, with even with leads. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw a stat where it said that Lincoln-Riley's blew like six or seven, 14 or more point leads in the last two or three years, which is more than any other FBC or FBS coach out there. So, right. And and with uh, Garrett Riley, he's supposed to be this next coming that's supposed to be even better than Lincoln. And then he couldn't even put up but seven points in the national championship game. 
And then his defense well, once they, once gives they, up, they, defense gives up 65 points. Oh, man, it looked really? like um that wasn't even that wasn't even an ass with man. That was like a an undressing of a of an FCS opponent, like a homecoming opponent from the FCS or something. Right. And I saw on there where you were talking about how Kent State actually played them closer. You know, mm-hmm. and and I mean, obviously, different kind of different kind of game and different kind of you know eyes on it or whatever. But no matter what, if you can't find a way to get up for this team for this game and put on some kind of show, I mean, and it, look, I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten right now. I think that it's aside from Michigan and Ohio State, it's pretty much trash. Um, but <laughs> the one thing that you could understand, I mean, even with Ohio State being as bad as they were against Michigan. They found a way to to come in and put in a game plan that that almost did win against Georgia, you know. Now and Georgia didn't have their best game in that one, but mm-hmm. at least I mean, and I've always said that I always call Ryan Day Lincoln Light, but because I think they're about the same dude, I really do. But that being said, he came up with a game plan that gave him an opportunity to win. How are you if you're Sonny Dykes and Lincoln's little brother Garrett? How do you not figure that out? You know, it just I doesn't mean, make sense. George is probably going to get their 65 points anyway, but you could at least made it look respectable and maybe put up 28, 35 points, which they couldn't do. I think that the <laughs> lights were just way too bright for TCU. I think that that's clear. Um, myself, like, and I've, huh? There was a lot of questionable play calling in that Michigan game, too. Not saying that cost Michigan the game, but. There was a lot of stuff that broke TCU's way. It was a perfect storm for them. All year long, um, too. All Michigan year long. Should have beat them. Kansas State should have beat them twice. Um, Okie Light should have got them. Okie Light should have got them, too. They had them up by 17. And so, early in the second quarter, they had them up. They were up 17 on them. You see teams like that all the time that, like you say, they're not used to being there, and they barely squeak by. And then when the Cinderella slipper falls off, it falls off big time. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, and I guess that was the question I have for you is, you know, being a big 12 guy and I I know how I feel about, about the conference. You know, I grew up watching this conference, being an Oklahoma fan my whole life. Um, I'm glad to see OU uh, and even Texas going to the SEC and getting into this, to the league to where, you know, you have to build your team a certain way to win it. And Oklahoma fans are not going to be okay with middle of the road. So that, you know, they're going to definitely, that's why Venables is there. That being said, once these guys are gone, if TCU is your flag bearer or even Oklahoma State, what does that mean for the conference future? You know, uh, to me, I'm worried about it. I, I feel like this is definitely going to a big two type of deal. And you're going to see the rest of them kind of become the minor leagues. Well, the big 12 that, that are, what do y'all call them, the hateful eight or something? The eight that y'all left behind that's, you know, pissed off. They, they've been pumping their chest out this year because Oklahoma and Texas have sort of slid a little bit and pounding their chest and saying, see, we don't need them. We're in two big bowl games without them. But you see what y'all done when y'all got on that big stage. The two flag bearers for the SEC, Georgia and Alabama, beat the two flag bearers for the Big 12 by a combined score. 100, 100 points? 110 to 27. Mm-hmm. 110 to 27, man. Kansas State's supposed to be the Big 12 champs now. They they beat TCU and should have beat them twice. And I'm not going to sit here and debate on who should have been in. 
Alabama screwed themselves. But if they TCU lost by a grand total of two points to the in if, their two if, games, if TCU <laughs> loses a game, you're supposed to drop some when you lose. That's the way it's always been. Not only did they not drop, they stayed in the same spot. So if you're not going to put Alabama in, at least put TCU number four, and that way you get that that shit game out of the way in the first round. And then I would have loved to have seen Alabama. Michigan and Ohio State play again to go yeah. to the championship game. You mean too. you tell me that Ohio State and Michigan wouldn't have been a, 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 a an extravaganza for ratings? That's one of the most watched robberies of all time. And I think Ohio State would have beat them in a rematch. And then you would have had that classic in the national championship game. Absolutely. Yeah, because that first, the first, the semifinal round of it was fun to watch. You know, you had two competitive games. Again, I agree with you about Michigan. I think that I think that Harbaugh spit the bid on that. I, I think that he choked it away, to be honest with you. And I've always I've always been a fan of his as, as far as how he coached, but he freaking choked <laughs> it away. You're down there on the goal line twice and you don't get in. You don't get no points out of it even. And then they're bitching about non-targeting calls and bullshit. No, no, no. You had your chances. You should have just won that, the damn game. That targeting call was at the end of the game, and it would have moved them to the 50-yard line. You mean tell me that you think you're going to get a Hail Mary at that point? Okay. It was, you know, they were lucky to get that. They were lucky to fit that ball into where they did at that point. You know? Get the fuck out of here. It was a joke. Yeah, it was Jim's a joke. Living off his, he's living off those two wins over Ohio State right now. Because, you know, honestly, the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, all they want to do is win the Big Ten. Back in the day, that's all they cared about was going to the Rose Bowl. They had a little Rose Bowl tie-in with the Pac-12 where nobody else can play against them. They took their little ball and went home back in 1946. Mm -hmm. And they made everybody else have to tie in with bowls for a long time. And now we finally got away from all that crap. And now we're going to get a real playoff. I wasn't really sold on the 12-team playoff until this year. I agree. Yeah, my I, team I think got that, screwed, yeah, because there was a lot you, of other teams that got screwed too. Tennessee beat Alabama. So even with and even Alabama with the there. backup quarterback, they were talking about because of a backup quarterback that they shouldn't. They almost didn't give them the road, the Orange Bowl, and yeah. I'm like, dude, that backup is as good as yeah. freaking their first guy, you yeah. know. And if you're not going to put Alabama in because you want to punish Alabama because they get in every year and you got Bama fatigue, well then put Tennessee in because Tennessee's better than TCU. Sure, they were. They were. And as much as, I mean, look, with the one loss, I didn't have a problem necessarily with putting them in there, except for the fact that you just knew that they weren't. I mean, had it not been for USC blowing it against against Utah. Uh, <laughs> twice. Twice, yeah. But, I mean, in the second one, <laughs> for sure, that, kept, that was the only thing that allowed TCU to get in. And do not tell me that, you, that USC would have done anything more. They no. couldn't even be Tulane. So don't tell me that they would have done anything more than what than what TCU did. That just goes to show you that because I didn't think Ohio State deserved to go in either. They didn't play anybody all year. All year. When they did, they lost. And then when that 12 team playoff. I think that had there been a 12 team playoff, it guaranteed it's a as it's two SEC teams playing for the title. No yeah, doubt about it. And I'm not saying it's because I'm an Alabama fan, but I truly believe that. The only teams that could have beat Georgia were Alabama and maybe Ohio State. That's it. Tennessee, I maybe. I think. Well, Tennessee obviously they didn't look great against them, but they it was at Georgia too. Yeah. And you know, and I don't normally harp on officiating, but the officiating has been horrible across the board this year in every single 
conference to me. And that Tennessee game, that's the first time I ever complained about officiating publicly. That was probably one of the worst officiated games ever in my history. Yeah, they, well, they had, what, 10, 10, 10 penalties to, to not like plus 10 had, on penalties. I remember had game. like 17 and, and Tennessee had like four. Right. Yeah. So it was, well, yeah. And, and that was still, I mean, hell, every time you thought Tennessee was pulling away, here comes Bama. I think that that was Bryce Young's best game as, as a, as a freaking quarterback for Alabama. I think that that was his best game period. He played just like like with Caleb Williams. If if USC doesn't have Caleb Williams, they lose about four games, five games this year. Easy. If Alabama doesn't have Bryce Young this year, we probably lose about three or four games. We probably lose that Texas game for sure. Definitely, and probably the A and M. Well, the he didn't play in the A and M game, but no, of course, you know oh, man, that that was Texas A and M. I love oh oh little brothers. These little brothers are something, aren't they? Uh, so yeah, and I agree with you as far as and the other thing that SC got away with, and we can kind of segue into that a little bit. It, to me, here's the deal. It, You've heard this from from USC fans all year long. Is oh Oklahoma, all you fans are just pissed off about Lincoln this and that and blah 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 blah. Well, <laughs> first off, he was shady as hell. The way that he okay. left in the middle of the night. He, oh yeah, I'm not going to take the LSU job after they lose Bedlam. And and by the way, I felt like I've felt like this and will continue to say that game was thrown. He ran <laughs> the same fucking play seven to eight times in a row. And still almost couldn't keep Caleb Williams from winning it. I mean, they were this close. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that game was thrown. Then they ride home together, not on the bus. They ride home together in a in a vehicle, just a, a regular truck. And so they can talk about what's going to happen moving forward. Hey. Caleb Williams was not on the bus with his teammates. He was in the Suburban with, with Lincoln. That's the, oh. that's the whole deal. Oh, so, shit. I, I didn't know that, man. You, you didn't told know that? that. Yeah, man, no, that happened. Some, that's there. That's well known. On that. <laughs> that's what happened. So they're riding home. They're riding home, and they set up the whole thing of you know you can wait to do the portal deal until after the bowl game, and all that kind of stuff. And then he and he played it out well. I'll give Caleb Williams that he played it out very well. Smart about the way he did it. And I don't even necessarily blame him for leaving. I get it. If you think that Lincoln's going to be good for your career. Obviously, he wins the Heisman Trophy this year. Mm. That was smart on his part. But the way it was just shady. And then Lincoln doesn't even hang around to tell his team that he's leaving. Right? He makes sure that the guys he wanted to come with him knew about it. The guys that he wanted to come with him knew that he was leaving. Nobody else. He left. He left. Bob Stoops, I thought Bob Stoops made him go address the team or something. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I've heard that as well, but I – Everything that I've heard really was that Bob Stoops went to address the team and they were freaked the hell out because he hadn't spoken to him. So it was a lot of people say, well, you know, that's just hearsay. You don't know for sure that he was, you know, working for USC while he was employed by Oklahoma. But we do know that because one of his staffers was caught recruiting for USC while he was still employed for Oklahoma. He was caught doing it. The NCAA. Uh, called him doing that. Yeah. So the, the dude was already recruiting for USC before he left. And man, that's just uh, beyond shady, man. <laughs> yeah. And listen, uh, what about uh, the pit coach? I mean, he was like, look, they were talking to, they were talking to, to the receiver 
Oh man, what's that guy's name that won the Blitnikoff? Um, Jordan Addison. They were talking to his ass before they ever played their bowl game. Right. There's nothing wrong with going after players in the transfer portal. That's okay. He wasn't in the portal yet. (laughs) But you are not allowed to lure them to the portal. That's right. Which is what Deion Sanders was doing in December. He was talking about his players coming to the portal before the portal door was open, which is an NCAA violation. And people won't take up for Deion because everybody's got this man crush on on con time, Deion Sanders. I'm telling you, man, he's a con to me. No, I'm with you, man, and I understand what you're saying. And the difference, I guess the only difference in that is that it's an FCS program versus an FBS program, but it still doesn't matter. It's still against the rules. And that's the thing okay. is with the, the all of this NIL and transfer portal stuff, there are no real rules. The The NCAA has no more teeth. They haven't in a long time. No. You know, when you've got Jimbo can sit down there and stand on a table and tell you that he didn't spend $30 million, when we know he did, <laughs> and we know that he used it as an enticement, too. Here's you want, the, the fact that they made that rule is a joke to me. If you didn't make that rule, if you said, okay, use it as an enticement, it's pay for play, you might as well just admit it, then you could say, all right, so now we can put a cap on it. Now we can say, you know, we we can we can at least know what the numbers are so that there is some level of control cuz right now there is none there's none right. these guys could up and leave JT Daniels is this going to be his fourth team in 4 years at Rice I was going to tell you man I heard this morning on Tide 100.9 some radio station here in Tuscaloosa that's dedicated to sports mm-hmm. they were saying that the NCAA passed a new rule today on the on the portal that now an underclassman if he transfers one time he can't transfer again unless he has extenuating circumstances. So they're, that they're was already to supposed to, to be the rule. They're, they're starting to try to bottle that up now uh, to where they can transfer again, but it's got to be something really, really bad or have an extenuating circumstance. And that's what it should be, man. You can't. It's one thing if the coach leaves and all that, I ain't got a problem with that. If your coach leaves then you should yeah. be able to transfer too. that. And well, that was already like that. These players want to be paid like NFL players, but they don't want to go by NFL rules. NFL teams don't allow their players to go from team to team to team to team. A contract's a contract. You got contracts you got to sign, but these players, they want all the good and none the bad. They don't want us to sign any contracts like men. They want to act like they're kids when it's convenient. Well, and that's what I'm saying is the whole NIL deal, if they did it the right way, it would be just let the – they want to keep these schools separated from it for whatever reason. So that they so that they still don't have any kind of control on it. it, and I feel like that that's so these shady ones that have more money than others can continue to have an advantage that's built in or whatever. Anybody that thinks that this was about equity in college football is out of their damn mind because it isn't. No, it has nothing to do with that. Uh, all it, you have now is a farm system within a farm system. You know that college football is a farm system for the NFL, but now you have teams like Wake Forest and and um, I don't know. Um, uh, any of them, ACC, Bars, Boston College, any of these teams that are mid-card teams, if they if they have a good player like the Georgia Tech running back, for example, that went to Alabama, if yeah. you got a good running back and you're like a mid-card team, then uh, they can come in and take your good player away from you at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there's no just like the whole thing with Jordan Addison. Nobody, I mean, 
Narduzzi was screaming from from every every time he got in front of a microphone <laughs> that that Lincoln was doing it cheating from from day one from the day he left to L.A. He was yeah. on the phone with Jordan Addison. Addison. Addison had not entered the portal. He hadn't even talked about it. And all of a sudden, he's in the portal and he's got these million dollars. You know, same thing with Caleb Williams. It was a it, and I know for sure that Oklahoma was screaming to the NCAA to do something about it because they were hemorrhaging all these players, yeah. you know, and so, when, and rightfully so. And yet, you know, everybody's wants to throw that. They want to throw that out there that that's, Oh, he left an 11 and two program there. No, he yeah. didn't. Yeah. After he gutted about 40 players. Now some of the players he didn't get, but he was indirectly responsible for about 40 players leaving. Yeah. When have you ever Stogner, seen Stogner went to South Carolina with, 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 uh, with uh, uh, Spencer uh, Spencer Rattler. Right. When have you ever seen a first-year coach that's never had to coach before have to come in and deal with that kind of shit, man? Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever it was ever all just a that. mess to clean up, just a big-ass mess to clean up. And, and he yeah. still got a top-ten class, and now he got a top-five class. And Lincoln Riley's, you know, been opening his mouth all year. People's like, why do you keep messing with Lincoln Riley? Is he living rent-free in your mind? I'm like, no, actually, he's. Uh, Oklahoma must We're be living rent free in his because <laughs> he keeps opening his mouth, man. If he'd yep. shut up, I wouldn't get him. You know, he, he he said, and I quote, "I couldn't recruit to Oklahoma." Well, you're right. You couldn't recruit to Oklahoma. But guess what? Brent Venables can. You got a top five class. That's the highest rated class since they started these rankings for Oklahoma. But you can't recruit to Oklahoma, right? No, nope. and they, apparently he can't recruit to USC either. Yeah, apparently not. He couldn't even get in the top ten. With all those extravagant um, stuff that they have, that's supposed to make them such a, a much, much better program than Oklahoma. You know, we've got Los they Angeles. They own California. They own California. Yeah, right. Except, except he doesn't <laughs> even get the best players from California, like Uyunglele Mateo, the best edge rusher in the nation according to the rankings. He goes to freaking Oregon. Why? And Alabama just Alabama just coming in and took another quarterback. <laughs> Five star. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Well, in Malachi, you know, I, I thought Malachi was going to end up going to A&M because they were dumping a boatload of cash in his pocket and he's not going to get to play right off the bat, obviously, at SC because of Caleb Williams. So they must have backed up the Brinks truck to him, you know, and probably the Heisman Trophy probably helped with with Malachi. But I don't think that they have the best quarter. I was at that being at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio this past weekend. The best quarterback that I've seen, Dante Moore, was unbelievable. Yeah. And he's going to UCLA. Yeah. Backyard, man. <laughs> backyard. That dude is a USC. stud. That dude and is And back a to the stud. Big 12 point that you were making, man. Uh, like I said, they, they got this false bravado and this mirage now because Kansas State and TCU made it up there. But it was only because Oklahoma and Texas are sort of in transition. These two programs are not going to stay down forever. They got too big of a rich fan base and following to stay down. And when they do leave, I think that eventually it may not happen in the next four or five years, but eventually I think the Big 12 is going to slip into mediocrity as maybe a non-Power 5 conference like the Mountain West or something. Mm -hmm. Unless their saving grace might be BYU. BYU has won a national championship back in the 80s. They uh, are probably the last non-Power 5 team to win a national championship. Mm -hmm. I remember two years ago, they beat five schools from the Pac-12 in, in the same season. 
And could have been, yeah, they were the Pac-12 champs. <laughs> BYU, exactly. BYU has got a large following and fan base. Yes, and they do. The Pac-12 really missed when they didn't invite BYU. Now they're going to go. And that's all about fans. that's all about religion and BS crap. You know that all goes back to politics, more or less. Which is the whole reason that when and I laughed about this when Clay Avkov kind of acted like he didn't care anything about the Big 12's overtures to to hey let's merge to save to save ourselves and he blew them <laughs> off the way he did and uh, then so your mark turned around and was like all right fine we'll just poach we'll poach the ones we want then that's right that's the their one the best one of the, power five. the best of the non power 5 is what they did and they expanded their their um markets as well doing that so they actually ended up being a blessing everybody thought the big 12 was going to be the one that died because the pac 12 and the acc formed this loose knit Alliance with the Big Ten with Kevin Warren's lying ass and liar. <laughs> all Kevin Warren did was lure the Pac-12 in so that they didn't do something so he could get their two big money making markets mm-hmm. in UCLA and USC. And he's probably going to eventually take Oregon in Washington too. Maybe yeah, he's trying South. to act like yeah. yeah. The fact that they believed him when he said, "You know what, we we aren't going to do that." Yeah, that makes zero sense. First off, he lied to your ass a year ago. A year ago, he lied to you. That's and exactly you're going right. to believe him now? You're going to believe That's him right. now? When exactly. you know USC and UCLA are going to be like, look, we don't want to travel every weekend to the fucking East Coast or to the Midwest. This is the same they guy. Need to add, they need to add some teams on the pack, on the Pacific Coast in order for their travel to not be out of hand and for their fans to be able to go and watch them. Well, they it, say USC don't want Oregon and Washington because they feel like they got some kind of advantage on them. By not them not being in the Big Ten, well, uh, some kind of recruiting advantage or something. I, I think know. that they would rather see Stanford and Cal, yeah, because probably. they don't. I mean, you know, they're in the UC system, so I think That's that right. that has a lot to do with that. But I can't imagine that you wouldn't want any of your any of your rivals from the Pac-12 to go with you, so that you just for traveling's sake. You know, it just doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make any sense to me, but. Again, I feel like you're going to see changes that nobody's expected. And if they say they're not going to do something, you should assume they are. That's how I feel about it. If they, if they <laughs> say they're not, you should assume they're going to do it because they're That's not a, trying to. Kevin Warren's the same guy that tried to shut down college football in 2020, man. So why are you going to believe anything he says, man? Anything he shut he down. He, he made to where we couldn't play non-conference games in, in, in like in August. And we had to adhere to that because we can't make them play us. You know, we didn't get to play USC that year because of that crap. And um, so we get on into the season and the SEC and the Big 12 say, you know what, we're going to play. We're going to play conference games only. And uh, the Big 10 said, no, halfway through the that. year, the Big 10 comes doing in. That. Yeah. We're not doing it. And then when they saw the Big 12 and the SEC getting all the accolades and all the recruits that were – you know, blocking to those two conferences, they're like, "Wait, we better get this thing started back up." Mm-hmm. He's a he's a fake man. He's a fraud. I hate that guy. And <laughs> yeah, and and literally, uh, right now, what are they? They're at sixteen teams, aren't they? Did they make it to that? That put them at sixteen when they added those two. They guaranteed the second Notre Dame says that they want that that they're in, they will pull them now. Even though all those years that they didn't want to do that because of Michigan or whatever. 
believe me, they want Notre Dame, but so does the Big 12 and everybody. And I even think the SEC would would welcome Notre Dame in just because of the money. But that being said, the second Notre Dame comes in, they're going to want Stanford. They're going to want they're going to want uh, maybe not Cal, but they're definitely they're going to want Stanford. You can see that the UW and and Oregon are going to be part of it. It's going to have to be, and Stanford won't go anywhere without Cal. So believe me, the Pac-12 is they are on their deathbed, on their deathbed, and it's because of yeah. Kevin Warren and the Big Ten. And yet, all you had to do was go ahead and do the merger. Do the merger. That's right. And they believe Kevin Warren because they had their little nostalgic Rose Bowl tie in for 40 or 50 years that they let get in the way of doing what was right for their conference. And the Rose Bowl almost screwed up the freaking the 12 team deal. They almost screwed yeah. themselves out of it. They were going to go yeah. into the 12 team playoff either way. And exactly. the Rose Bowl went down to the wire on it. Yeah. The fighting Rose Bowl's it. been screwing it for decades, man. Mm-hmm. That tie in that started in 1946. Screwed up college football for 40 or 50 years because at that point, every other conference had to get a tie in. You had the SEC with the Sugar Bowl, the Big Eight at the time, with the Orange Bowl, ended up being the Big 12 eventually. Sure. But it's a bunch of crap, man. It's something, man. The Rose Bowl, man. And then when, you know, we had the BCS, they tried to screw that up too. They they drug their feet on that. And they were dragging their feet this time and they told them, hey, look, that's fine. We don't need you anymore. If you we don't, don't want to come, we anymore. just do it without you. In fact, SoFi Stadium is way nicer than the Rose Bowl. So why do we need you? You know, we can right. we'll bring them out there. We'll bring them out there anyway. That's but right. it won't be the Rose Bowl won't get nothing out of it. You know, <laughs> what do they care? It it was a bad deal. That they were I was surprised. I'm like, how would you just shoot yourself in the foot? Uh, just shoot yourself right in the foot when nobody cares. You know, they're literally, they're going to, whether you like it or not, the 12-team playoff is coming. And I've never been, I'm kind of on the side of it that I didn't necessarily want to see the 12-team playoff until the last few years when you've seen some teams get left out that might have won it and stuff like that. And like this year, I don't know. I guess I would have probably liked to see USC going just so they could get the shit kicked out of them again. And and if it had been them going up against Georgia, they get skull drug the same way. That was um, I went down at first with the twelve teams, but mm-hmm. I was down with eight. I wanted to see eight because I thought eight was a good number. But um, I'll take twelve as long as they don't try to push it to sixteen, man. Because once you get to that point, man, you got way too many teams in, and you got teams with three and four losses in that don't deserve to be in, in my opinion. I agree, and I think that that's what's going to – and then what you're going to end up – but it probably will end up going to 16, and I'll tell you why. Because the best three or four teams in the country are going to be in the SEC, and they're going to stick all three or four of them in this 12-team playoff, and it's going to piss people off just like it always <laughs> has anyway. But you're going to do that, and they're going to say, oh, this is just an SEC tournament. You need to bump it up. Well, guess what? You can go to 16, and then now the top five are probably going to get to go. Because that's, that's just right. going to be how it is. They're the best teams in the country. What yeah, I want to see with this 12-team playoff, I want to stop seeing Cream Puff U get played middle of the damn season by the SEC and the Big Ten. I don't want to see it no more. I don't want to see right. it. I, you, don't I, I, no you won't have no reason to do it then because you won't need to pad your record as much. You can mm-hmm. afford to take two losses at that point. Yeah. That's why a lot of them do it because they don't want to take two losses. So – yeah, and that should open up the regular season where people say, like, guys like Josh Pater like, like to tell you that you're losing the importance of the regular season. I don't agree. 
I think that if you say, okay, hey, you can't play FCS opponents, USC, UCLA, don't do it. It, it, if you can't play them anymore and, and that count towards your, you know, getting into the playoff or whatever, if they do that, which they very well should, then you can, you're going to start seeing some of these interconference. I want to see more games like Georgia, Oregon was ugly. That, that wasn't, and that was a bad setup from the get go. Once Mario Cristobal left Oregon, that put them in a bad position. Yeah, they the lost. Big Ten say it all the time. Big Ten them talk about how the SEC plays FCS schools all the time, but the Big but Ten they do it too. The Big Ten sort of gets around that by playing the MAC. The MAC is Division One or FBS, but we all know that the MAC really ain't. Hey, so. listen, the Big Ten West is like the freaking FCS for Christ. <laughs> it was a shit show. That's <laughs> how they'll get around at that point. They'll start playing the lower tier. Um, Division One conferences like Sun Belt, the AAC, Mountain West, stuff I like that. I think that the only way the Pac-12 lives is to to rebrand the Mountain West. All of them, you know, they're going to rebrand the Mountain West as the Pac-12. Well, that's what's going to happen. It's like you said, um, Big Ten's going to come in and probably take two to four teams. Then the uh, Big 12 is going to cherry pick the rest. And then there's just going to be Oregon State and probably Washington State left. And Oregon State and Washington State is going to have to go to Mountain West. Yeah, that's how it's going to have to go. Because they're, they, they're the ones that don't have an, op- an option. Nobody wants them. You know, and even if you're even if you're looking at the Big Twelve, could you probably bolster the conference a little bit by adding them? Yeah, but it's way away. That corner of the of the country is a long ways from Texas, you know, which is where the you know the the majority of it is. I see Colorado probably going back to the Big Twelve at some point. Um, obviously, the Arizona schools, and because of a lot of that having to do with basketball, but I I'll just say that I feel like. We're gonna see things that it's it's gonna come it's gonna turn it that top fifty teams that they want in this in this playoff scenario. Colorado, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State need to join the Big Twelve. They should, they should, but they a lot of them they it's so much of this thumb your nose at it because you've got religious schools in the Big Twelve. You know, you got a bunch of Baptists down in Texas. You know, so they don't like that shit in California. And I'm like, what does that have to do with football game? It doesn't, but that's the way they are. And then they like to act like that their their schools are so much more. Well, uh, if it bothers smart, them so much, then why does five Pac-12 schools scheduled BYU in one year? They had to. They had to. They didn't have it at that point. And it, why, it, why are they, it had I mean, nothing since. <laughs> BYU's in the Mountain West or wherever, they, or they're independent. And yet the Pac-12 schedule. So if they got a problem with BYU, then don't schedule them at all. Mm-hmm. They could have pulled BYU into the mix with Utah and didn't do it. Yeah. And that was the – think about it. When you look at the SEC, they've been strategic when they've pulled these guys in. They weren't going to pull Texas without Oklahoma. They knew better. They weren't going to do it. They, they allowed A&M to do it because of that was a – there's money there, and A&M wanted away from Texas. That was well, that little know, brother syndrome. Back when we added A&M and Missouri, uh, they wanted Texas and Oklahoma then. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma, for whatever reason, told them, well, we don't want to go anywhere without Oklahoma State. But that's what I heard anyway. And, but 
things have changed a lot since then. Now, Oklahoma's come come to their senses on that. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, the last regime of, you know, the conference commissioner there, Bob Bowsby, never took up for his flagship. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma make up for 50% of the revenue that happens within the Big 12, 50%. And so... He, but yeah, and they don't like that big noon time. They don't like that noon kickoff. They wanted to play more of these later in the afternoon and into the primetime games because they knew that that was good for their brands. And yet he would never fight Fox over it. He would never, you know, he wouldn't have to fight. ESPN was smart enough to say, hey, we're going to play them at nighttime, you know, aside yeah. from the Red River game. Which they've even talked about that they don't care. They'll play the Red River game at night. They don't. They don't mind doing that. They don't need to be played anywhere before two thirty. I don't like eleven o'clock games, man. I mean, you can't. You can't go Nobody out. Nobody watches them. Parties. You can't tailgate. Right. It screws up everything, man. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, and the it's same not in like. Football. Hey, man, and even that, even at Oklahoma games, at the Palace, a lot of those the 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 fans won't. They hate the day games because you've got that one side of the stadium that gets sun beaten and they don't like it. And so you you have and that's where the uh, student sections at. the students will leave. <laughs> They'll go underneath the thing. And it's not even a really good. It's a, well, and Oklahoma fans haven't done well with that a lot of times. But in the end, it all boils down to you've got to do better. And Bowsby didn't. He never stood up to the to, to Fox on their scheduling and any of that other kind of stuff. and and. Oklahoma and Texas got sick of it. They kept warning him, kept warning him. And then finally, when that opening, <laughs> when there was that slight opening and Texas said, let's go, Oklahoma was like, let's do it. You Let know, me give and, you an interesting stat that might make Oklahoma and Texas fans feel a little bit better about joining the SEC. Um, these two teams are going to have something that none of the other teams in the SEC have over Alabama, and that's a winning record. You know, Alabama had never beaten Texas till 2009. They were 0-7 against them. Now, Alabama's won the last two, but they're still 2-7 and against Texas. And we have a losing record against Oklahoma as well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they can beat Alabama. I mean, they Texas can, proved it this year. Texas proved you, they can beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when they get rid of Sark, they'll be able to beat Alabama. <laughs> well, they almost did this year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird to me. Like, And the thing about Texas is that it's not a recruiting problem and it doesn't matter which coach it is. They get the guys that they want. They just haven't to me. Sark is an assistant, man. That's, that's what he is. And he's a 500 as a head coach. I think too, the, the, um, and I may be way off base on this. This is just me throwing this out in the wind, but just from what I've heard, the Texas boosters need to back off a little bit. You're not off base on that. Program run itself. I mean, that's what Saban had to do when he came in. He had a bunch of boosters that need to be sat down and told, hey, uh, things are about to change. You know, y'all can have your little suites and your nice little air-conditioned boxes, but you're not going to be telling me how to run this program. Yeah. If you want to win, you're going to back off. You're going to back off and allow him to do his job. And that was the one thing. It's it's rare that anybody comes in with that kind of power that Saban had because he didn't have to leave the Dolphins. He'd only been there a couple of years. You know right. what I mean? And he there's had, a false narrative out there about saying like he was an atrocious coach, but he actually went nine and seven one year with the Dolphins. No, they weren't. They the weren't bad. They were finally going to. And that was, believe me, Belichick was happy for him to be leaving. You know, he was, <laughs> you know, he didn't yeah, want to deal with that. People think he skirted out on him because he was scared in the NFL. Saban left the beginning of that 
relationship sour was when Wayne Huizenga told Saban that, you know, he had control over player personnel and Saban wanted Drew Brees and they screwed him out of Drew Brees with some bogus medical report. And then Wayne Huizenga went out and got Dante Culpepper. That was the beginning of the end for Miami. Mm-hmm. And Dante, Dante's knee was so blown up by then. I mean, he might have been a better quarterback at one point, but his knee was destroyed. I mean, it was clear once he got to Miami that he had nothing left. He had nothing exactly. left. Yeah, and look that was what Drew Brees did at New Orleans. He won a Super Bowl. Oh man, yeah, that was a bad that was a bad move on their part. And that was the first. They, I remember Sean Payton talking about that. That that was what uh, the first thing that uh, that Bill Parcells said to him was, "I'd go get Drew Brees if I was you." Yeah. Immediately, even in the NFL. Saban is a great evaluator of talent. I mean, if you look at Drew Brees and, and Dante Culpepper stand side by side, you're going to say Dante Culpepper is the stud. Yeah, in reality, yeah. he's not because he, he just didn't have it between the ears sometimes. Right. Well, and he had two of the best receivers of all time, and so he looked good. When you got Randy yeah. Moss and Chris <laughs> Carter out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, throw it up, buddy. Throw it That's up. We'll go get it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's like Steve Kerr playing with Pippen and Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looked real good. You know what I mean? Damn right he did. Yeah. Even John Paxson. Even John Paxson made it look like a, a, a world beater with that last second shot. Yeah, I used to be a big Bulls fan, by the way. I'm a Bulls fan myself, man. I grew up watching those guys. Michael Jordan was my all-time hero at the time. Right. So. And uh, hey, man, that's I remember those. Any of these guys that I don't, I don't do the LeBron versus Michael Jordan stuff. I'm like, you people are crazy. If you're all they want to talk about is points that he's scoring. I don't give a crap. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that LeBron is the best athlete probably ever. But right. aside from that, I don't want to hear it. he. The dude Michael didn't lose when it came down to the finals. Period. Yeah. A, lot Two, three a lot of great athletes out there that just don't have that. That killer instinct, song, man. That it factor that just they just don't have it when it comes crunch time. That make everybody shrivel up, you know. When it, when Michael stepped on the floor, everybody else puckered. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan, not to get off topic here, but Michael Jordan, I asked him one time who was the guy that got in his head the most and talked the most trash, man. And I didn't expect this answer, but he said Larry Bird oh, was dude. the biggest trash talker of all I've time. heard that a bunch lately, that Larry Bird talked more shit than anybody else. <laughs> Larry Bird would grill the hell out of you, man. Yeah, he'd tell you where he, <laughs> he was gonna, what he was about to do and then yeah. do it. Exactly. I'm fixing to take a shot right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go down. Poop. There Bro, it goes. If it hadn't <laughs> been for his back, if it hadn't been for his back going out on him when it did, could you imagine what the, the wars yeah. that they would have went through? That's the only thing that probably Bird lacked in, man, was was going to the gym. If he went to the gym more and strengthened himself a little bit, he probably wouldn't have had those back problems. Yeah. I don't know exactly how. I know it was bad. It, when you're laying down in between, when they take you out and you got to lay down on the sideline, you got something <laughs> wrong. You know what I mean? I remember those days. But I also remember the dude never missed. And, like, he'd be in that three-point contest. He'd be like, I wonder who's going to get second. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's who's just gonna, like them golfers. Man. Be a second. lot of golfers, a lot of golfers have problems and issues with back just the, because of the kind of torque that that sport puts on your back when you're driving the ball. Yeah, they do, and then a lot of it, like with well, with Tiger, it's all in his joints because he was roiding. Man, I don't care what anybody says. That's what was going on. The dude. Let me, was let me ask you something real quick. Um. What do you think about 
Oh, Linky boy, keeping Alex Grinch. Oh, Stinch. Oh, Stinch Grinch. I think he. I think he's hired him twice, man. I think that that was that was never going to not happen. I knew, even though they were screaming and yelling after the two lane game, they should have been screaming and yelling all year. I, I knew it was coming. I it doesn't surprise me at all. And here's why: it doesn't get in the way of doing what he wants to do. Lincoln doesn't care. It's easy for him to keep a scapegoat. Because he doesn't give a shit about having defense. He doesn't. He could say what he wanted to say about Oklahoma, about not being able to recruit to Norman for whatever stupid reason you want to come up with. Oklahoma's a blue blood. I remember you did your your top five of all time a month or so ago, right? right. And you had them like number three or whatever right. it was. I didn't really disagree with that. I, and I believe that Alabama's definitely number one. But – and SC falls in there where they fall in there too. I feel right. like no doubt about it that if you if you're in if you're in anybody's top five that knows anything about college football, don't tell me that you can't recruit at that school. Don't tell me that. Those are blue blood programs. And if you can do it at, at Austin, why can't you do it at Norman? When they've won more. They've won more. The USC fan base, man, to me is it's so unrealistic. Unrealistic. And they just they're so they used strong. to losing lately. The Todd Hilton years and everything that happened after Pete has made them so. And even well, hey, man, they, they strong, wanted Brad, to listen. And they talk out of both sides of their mouth, man. They'll see, they'll be acting like when when they're losing, they're like, well, "We're not going to watch it because we got better things to do." They still don't right. watch them. Well, that makes you. Not a very good fan base. You're talking about, oh, we're, we're loyal fans, but you're not. You're not there when they're losing, man. And they were there when they were winning, too. man. They didn't fill that stadium once this season. Not and here's once. Here's another excuse they'll use. They'll be like, well, Oklahoma and Alabama, they're in small towns, and that's all y'all got to do. Y'all do realize that when people graduate from Alabama and Oklahoma, they don't stay in Norman and Tuscaloosa. They move throughout the country mm-hmm. to Seattle, all the way to Miami, to Boston, and they make it to games. So yeah. don't give me that crap about it's this. Expensive as hell to go to watch TV. college football games. If you've been to a college football game in the last five years, you paid through the nose to go, even for regular right. season games. Right. Well, I'm saying that these, all these graduates and alumni live in big cities where they got other choices. They got other things they can do. Yeah. But they come because they're a good fan base. USC's not mm-hmm. a good fan base. They're a bunch of bandwagons, man. They don't mm-hmm. care about that. They'd be rather be out at a transgender volleyball tournament or something in Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> if, if USC's not in contention for a national title. If they lose yeah. three or four games, they disappear, man. Yeah, man. And I'm telling you, the last home game that I saw them have, I want to say it was – would have been – it was a decent team. I want to say it was like Washington State maybe. Or, you do realize that USC did not beat a team this year with double-digit wins, right? Mm-hmm. And they almost lost. They they should have lost that game to to Oregon State. And they yeah. didn't have to play Oregon, and they didn't have to play Washington. They didn't have exactly. to play either one of them. Have exactly. They, this was it was a perfect storm of good for Lincoln going into that Utah game, the second one. Perfect storm of oh man, overachieving. He was like, we're ahead of schedule. All this bull crap. Of course you are. You ain't yeah, you were ball. definitely ahead of. They got lucky, man. And had it not been for if. If Oregon doesn't spit the freaking bit against Oregon State, which I don't know how the hell that happened, they were way ahead. <laughs> and if they don't do that, they get they still lose their ass. 
in in that conference championship game, but I knew damn good and well when Utah got in. I was like, they're going to beat them again. It's going to happen. Because Kyle Whittingham, we've talked about this before, he's the most underrated coach in the country. He is. I would love for him to be the guy that succeeds Saban, to be honest right. with you. Because he doesn't have to recruit at number one anymore. He doesn't have to do it. He, the guy gets mostly three stars out of Texas to go to That's Utah. Right. And they win. They just win. He gets tough guys that fit his system, like Cam Rising. That dude, man, I love Cam Rising. That guy's an <laughs> alpha dog, just loves it. And that's he a, goes, that's a name. That's a name made for sports and movies. Cam Rising? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, could be, he could be a dang movie star like The Rock or something after his playing days. When he got his helmet knocked off in that damn game and popped right back up and knew to look in the camera from there and smile, I was like, I love that guy. <laughs> I love it. He popped up like it wasn't nothing and smiled right into the camera. I was like, watch, they're going to beat the shit out of USC now. And they did. You know, and that was that was awesome, man. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved seeing every second of that, man. Another double digit lead. <sighs> yeah, well, it was 17-3. And it yep. could have been 24 to 3 real easy. And they, yep. they screwed up. They had that interception or fumble, whatever it was right then. And <laughs> you're like, uh oh. I said, watch, here it is. They're about to lose. Next thing you know, freaking man, they implanted their foot right in Caleb Williams' ass from that moment. And that was the other thing. Lincoln couldn't even do anything to protect his his quarterback. Didn't do anything to protect it. And kept trotting him out there when the dude could barely walk. It was a joke. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And that's the whole thing. I'm going to say this one more time about these SC fans. They hate. They want to hate on, on me. I've gotten a ton of the hate. They hate on you for saying what's true. The bottom line is this. We've seen this movie before. We have seen this movie before. As an Oklahoma fan, I watched him three times get to the conference championship game. And I've said this a hundred times. Oklahoma would not have won six conference championships in a row if Texas wasn't a dumpster fire during that whole time. <laughs> and it was a dumpster fire. That was It was a watered-down conference that perfect – I mean, Lincoln Riley has, has sailed under perfect skies up until now. He's been able to hide behind it because of the fact he does do great with offense. There's no arguing that. But when it boils down to it, when they got – we watched it every time. Aside from the Georgia game, they got the crap kicked out of them in those freaking playoff games. The crap kicked out of them. It wasn't close. And it was because you knew they couldn't play defense. He wasn't recruiting it well. They, they never were getting anywhere close to a five. And they didn't get a five-star close to come in this season to USC either, and you're not gonna, and you've got the entirety of California is supposed to be your oyster. If you're Lincoln Riley at USC (laughs) and yet you can't get the, you can't get a defense that can help you compete. Toughness is what matters when you get to those big games. Utah's about toughness. You know, they may not have the same amount of talent as you, but they're going to out tough your ass. One of the better defensive players that Lincoln coached, Perry on Winfrey. Gives Lincoln absolutely no respect. That should tell you something right there. He said, I went to the, I guess it was the Senior Bowl or one of them all-star games, and these NFL coaches told me, why would you coach like that? Why would you coach to do those things? Mm-hmm. And he realized that uh, Lincoln and them almost screwed him on his NFL career. So that's why I don't know defensive players going to go out there because Perrion Winfrey, who played under him, is railing his ass. 
<laughs> and he's not the only one. When everybody started getting on uh, Venables and, and his defensive staff about why don't you dumb down this defense a little bit, and there there's something to be said for that, I guess. But it also could something to be said for do your job as the freaking as a player. Do your job. You know that he was run it again, run it again, run it again until you get it right. And if you've ever coached anything at all, even from kids on up, you can coach it right all day long. Sometimes they just don't do it. It still becomes about the player doing their job. And the the truth of the matter was none of these kids or not none of them, but most of these kids did not have. They just weren't set up for it. They and they didn't buy into it. And part of that, that's where I think if Venables did anything wrong, he should have went out and got more of those defensive linemen guys and went ahead and pulled some of those dudes that he wasn't too sure if they were going to fit his, you know, culture or whatever. I think you had to. And I think this year he's obviously, you know, he's doing some of that. But I can tell you, you've never seen a defensive group get you know, as a group, you've never seen this good of a defensive uh, recruiting class at Oklahoma. Uh, as Sooner fans, I know that anybody who's paying any attention, we're way, way excited about it. I know that Saban was trying to get Levy to come to to Tuscaloosa, and he turned it down because of Jackson Arnold. And I guess, uh, I guess Venables decided that he was going to allow him to be a little more, let's be more aggressive. So he let him do it. My question to you is, what are you hearing about Garrett Riley being the the offensive coordinator in Alabama next season? Well, I mean, I've they've been, been talking about that. him going to um, one of these NFL teams as an offensive coordinator, mainly New England because of the Belichick connection between O'Brien and him and whatnot. And a lot of Alabama fans want to see Pete Golden gone just as bad. Um, mm. Did they, they not get rid of O'Brien yet or – I don't know if he's left yet or not. There's been rumors that he's, you know, looking at maybe some NFL coordinator jobs, but I don't think it's happened just yet. I think it probably will happen. If one of them is going to leave, it's probably going to be O'Brien. But my thing I want to tell Alabama fans is, you know, while y'all didn't like Bill O'Brien, I mean, we were scoring points. I mean, we were scoring. It wasn't really about that, yeah. We were scoring 30s in the 30s and the 40s. Our defense was what let us down this year. If you're going to dismiss somebody, dismiss Pete Golden, man. I mean, he's had three or four years to prove himself. You know, in the offseason last year, he got caught with a DUI. I mean, that's just irresponsible for a man his age. You got, and you're making that much money, uh, you can't afford an Uber to go home, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just think Alabama fans got it wrong as far as wanting to run off O'Brien. Uh, they should want to get rid of Pete Golden, and they do. They want both of them gone, to be honest with you. But right. O'Brien Moore, for some reason, they have a disdain for him big time. It's weird to me. I mean, and the thing is, is like, I don't know. It, it, he did more with less when it seemed like when he was at Penn State. He was better. I think that he's a better coach than than uh, Franklin is. I do. And then, oh. and then, absolutely. I think that I think that you would obviously see. I think Belichick could snap him right back up. He'd love to have him back. You know, and. I don't understand it either, but I keep hearing Garrett Riley in connection to Alabama, which kind of scary thought, but uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, but yeah. it, he may come in and he may do good, man. He may learn from saving that, Hey, big brother don't know 
as much as you think he does. Here's what you need to do. This is what you need to do as an offense coordinator to help not just the offense, but to help your defense too. Because sometimes the offense needs to bleed the clock a little bit or have a long, drawn-out drive if the defense has been out there quite a few snaps. He did that with Kiffin. He did that with Kiffin. You know? Right. He honed in Kiffin for the most part, but at the end, you know, there was a little skirmish there. But I love Lane Kiffin, though. He's he got, he, nobody Lane works Kiffin. the needle like Lane. Nobody if works we, the needle. If he can hone in Lane Kiffin and, and Steve Sarkeesian, then I'm sure that he can hone Garrett Riley in and show him something to learn how to work as a team, you know, as a whole. It's a whole right. program, not just offense. And to service the entire program, too. That's exactly. the other thing. You're yeah. an offensive coordinator, but you service this entire team, man. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And I think that if, you, if you're going and trying to be – you're hoping to be a head coach at some point, I don't know where else you'd want to go, you know, and particularly if you have that – because, look, you can't really – it's hard to – you know, somebody – I've been in an argument for the last two days with some jerk on freaking Twitter about – that King that Cliff Kingsbury is better than Lincoln Riley. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> okay. No, he isn't. The guy Cliff. couldn't win at Texas Tech when the Big 12 wasn't good. And he had Cliff. Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield then. Yeah, Cliff couldn't Cliff never made it to a, a major bowl either, did he? I mean, never. He never. He never won more than seven games not, at Tech. Far be it for me to take up for Lincoln Riley, but Lincoln Riley did me make too. it to the playoffs. Hey man. He didn't make it to the playoffs. So I, I I have no love for Lincoln, and I will tell you now that Cliff is I'm way just saying, worse. I'm just Cliff saying, is Lincoln, way worse. Yeah, Lincoln's a lot better than Cliff. I think I don't even understand when they made it hard. I didn't understand. As a matter of fact, if you go back and listen to one of my podcasts, I can't remember which one was on. I was talking about Cliff was going to get fired this year. He and should he, have he gotten got fired, fired before this year. They it, they re-upped his contract so that they had to pay him more on the way out. That was dumb. The the Cardinals are or they've been stupid for a long time, but. I was, and then that knife on on Kyler Murray's back about the whole studying and all that other stuff. That I bet you that has Cliff Kingsbury's freaking prints all over it, you know. No. So that was a joke, man. All that crap he said about Colt Colt running his offense better. That was just trying to save his butt because again, he was the same dude. He could never win. I think he won what nine games last year. Only two of them after freaking after. Uh, K1 got hurt because they went 8-0 or whatever and then so only one game I think yeah dude it's a joke man the guy never won more than seven games and he had Pat Mahomes as a quarterback Pat Mahomes was Pat Mahomes was a later pick than Mitch Trubisky because of Cliff Kingsbury (laughs) I'm sure Kansas City appreciates appreciates the hell out of that but I'm sure they do (laughs) Sure they do. But, and you know, these, these teams like the Cardinals, man, usually when they hire an offensive guru like that, what they'll do is go direct opposite direction when they hire again. So they'll probably hire a defensive minded coach this time, but it, it would be pretty funny if they went out and hired Lincoln Riley. They've been talking <laughs> about it, but and I think that, that obviously Kyler would probably appreciate that. And I think it'd be it hilarious just because USC would lose their shit over it. It would be oh, they would lose their minds. He run off after one season. Yeah. <laughs> and you were talking about possibility of him going to Denver. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder. I didn't really see it, but I I wouldn't be that surprised if anything Lincoln does. It when you start getting exposed, yeah, I don't know though. The thing is, is that they owe him so much money. I don't know how you really do it. I don't know how you really do it. And nobody's gonna pay that that buyout. 
You know what I mean? There's no way. I, I, I think he goes at least another couple of years and, and chokes it away. And when they get ready to go, I mean, or after maybe one year in the Big Ten, I could see him running. I And I still believe what you were talking about, about the A&M connection. I think that that's happening, man. I think that at some point Texas A&M is going to make that that higher. It's just too much money owed to Jimbo right now and too much owed to USC. I just that only reason that probably didn't already happen. I think that uh I just don't think Jimbo's happy there. He'll tell you he's happy there. But man, College Station is a weird place, man. It's like a cult yeah, down there. They get mad at me when I call them that, man, but you know, any place that's got all male cheerleaders, man, there's something wrong with that, man. Something weird. And look, <laughs> hey, man, those midnight chant things that they got going on, man, and now that they're starting to film that crap and let it out, it's scary. It's scary. I saw this one video. It's weird, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, a video of the cadets in the stands holding their private parts, hollering at the top of their lungs. I'm like, what the hell is that all about, man? I don't know. And it's just like some cult man. stuff. <laughs> they're weird, man. They're and, a weird you know, group. Jimbo is from West Virginia. So West Virginia gets rid of Neil Brown. It wouldn't let pay him as much, but he'd have a lot less stress and wouldn't have as much pressure to win at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And he'd be back home. So, yeah, I understood that uh, when you when you said that at first, I was like, "Huh," I wasn't sure what to think. And then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, "It makes sense." It may. I mean, at this point, they're going to have to pay him. I mean, he may not get all whatever he's owed. I mean, they're not. They weren't going to pay him ninety million and let him walk. They weren't going to do that, but had he said 50, then maybe, you know, I could see them doing that Um, because they do have the money. It's not, money's not an issue at all, at all, at all down there, but they're not just going to hand him that cash and let him walk out the door, particularly when they're dumping all this money into NIL funds and allowing them to recruit like that. They lost all those guys that were five stars, you know, this season. But they replenished most of them. I mean, they got David Hicks coming in. They dumped a bag, and everybody kept saying he's Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. And then he picks AM. You know, it was clear that AM, that's how they're recruiting. They're using that money as, you know, they are using it as an enticement. That's why I think that it's well, stupid to not, I think the rule's dumb because they're not going to enforce it. And so you might as well just say, it's make it be part of the enticements. We don't care. But that way you at least know what the number is, you know? Well, going back to USC for a second, uh, me and you talked about this off the air. They, even their administration is a burning dump bin, man. I mean, they're out there worrying about some of the pettiest stuff, man. They banned the word field from being used because they said it had uh, negative connotations to racism and, and uh, bad. The word field? field. By, yeah, the word field, like. Football field, Field of Dreams, the movie, that kind of thing. Huh. And I guess they're going – and they wanted to replace it with some word called Practimus or something. I can't remember how it was said, but I guess we'd call the movie Practimus Dreams or something or, you know. Man, this has got me – Can't call it football right field. I guess we'd just call it a football meadow or something. Maybe you had, <laughs> you know, and then on the big screen up there, you can have that, that – um, lead up to a little house of the prairie when that little girl's running down the meadow and she falls down or some shit. And what are you supposed to call it, man? You can't call it a football field. I guess you get to call it a football meadow or, or whatever, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't get these people, man. They, they, they worry about some too. of the pettiest stuff, man. And Yeah, they don't care about him winning. It doesn't matter about him winning, I guess. But People see that. Recruits see that, and they're like, 
y'all weird, you know. And you go into city LA, and LA is not what LA used to be. You know, LA was glitzy and Hollywood back in the day when they had the Lakers in their prime, the Magic Johnson, and all that good stuff. But nowadays, it's just not. It's I think not most people are getting be, sick man. of movie stars, even just because of all the political the the way that they go so political. Yeah. You know, I'm so like, many of these so many of these movie stars are so out there. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I just want to watch a movie. I don't care what your political views are. Keep it to yourself, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And and I, I got a little sidetracked, but I just wanted your your thoughts on the USC Skittle shitters out there continuing to just lay a big old pile of poo over just silly stuff like the word field. Uh, that's weird to me. I, I got. I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna have to go read about what they're talking about because that didn't make sense to me at all. Um, I'm not one of them people that thinks that we need to get rid of every little word and every little way of doing things that, that have ever happened, but I don't, can't, I can't really make that connection field to, to racism. I don't understand it. So that's silly to me. Um, and as far as the rest of it goes, when it comes to what they're wanting to say, you know, I look, man, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We've seen this movie with Lincoln Riley. We've seen it. We know the truth. And the fact that you guys are beating us to death over, over what we're saying, which is nothing but true. And Ohio state fans said the same shit about, about Grinch before he went to Oklahoma or when he went to Oklahoma, they were saying the same thing, (laughs) same thing. And we didn't want to hear it either, but believe me, the way I feel about it is this. Everything that we've said, they're going to owe us an apology. We're not going to get it, but they're going to owe it to us outlaw but we're not going to get it. But I'm telling you, we've seen the movie. We know what the truth is and we tell the truth. And that's the whole thing is that they don't want to hear it. It's the same thing with Oki light. They hate it. What I've been saying about Gundy lately. I don't care. I I don't have to. This is my show. I'll say what I want. It's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Same with you. And we have audience members that are smart enough to know the truth. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. They, they're definitely they should probably put more effort into winning football games and championships, and less into worrying about stupid things like the word "field." That's my thoughts. But yeah, just with Mike Gundy, man, he's just a big hypocrite and a fraud to me. You know, ever since his "I'm 40" speech, everybody thought that was cute, man. I never thought that was cute, man. It was lame. <laughs> it was lame. And you know what I loved about that one was Leach is like, man, I'm I'm 50 and I'm I haven't made man yet. <laughs> and he was like or whatever it was i'm 47 i haven't made man yet i don't know what you're talking about i love that answer but yeah and here's the thing about with when it comes to mike gundy him shutting down that the guy that was asked it was a legitimate question you know they just went seven and six a year away with the same team a year from being this close to going to the playoff and so it's a it's a viable question to say, are you going to be making changes to your staff? And and knowing that he's probably not going to hear from him for a month or so anyway. So for him to ask that question post bowl game, and then the, and then what does he do? He calls him an ass. He uh, threatens to take away his media credentials and stuff like that because he asked a question. And that's what Cody was talking about today was that God forbid you question the great Mike Gundy who hasn't won but one conference title and beaten Oklahoma three times out of 18 and is pissing away the Bedlam series at that. 
And so you're going to sit there and act like you're all high and mighty and don't have to answer to nobody. Look, pal, you're not Nick Saban. You haven't won shit. Well, you he talks some shit about Oklahoma leaving like it was shady or something, but if they had had the same opportunity, they would have went to SEC. You can't tell me that Oklahoma State wouldn't jump at a chance. That's what they're, they're pissed about not being invited. That's exactly. what it amounts to. And so in him being mad about all that and wanting to, you know why he wants to end the Bedlam game? Because he can't win it. Three right. in 18. Three in yeah. 18 seasons he's won. And and a lot of the times he should have won. You know, yeah. he's he's won one conference championship, and I guarantee you it's only because they didn't have a championship game that year. That's well, the only reason. Said, I heard he said that if he had played football for Oklahoma, he'd been a head coach at Oklahoma today. He did say that. He did. And that was the week that uh, – that was Bedlam week, obviously, that he said that. And the funny thing about that was, was he was recruited to OU, didn't want to compete for the job, didn't want to compete for the job, because he knew that Troy Aikman had just lost his job and went to UCLA. So he chickened out, goes to Okie Light. They never win anything, even with Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas, because <laughs> what's that about? You know, but they come on, man. They, yeah, you might have been, maybe. Yeah. But my been. guess is this if you lose, if he'd have lost to Oklahoma State, Twice, <laughs> get out. <laughs> he would never made it to three and fifteen. No way. After about three and four, his ass would be gone. Mm-hmm. Just about anywhere. And oh, no doubt about it. There's no. Hey, look. If he had the same kind of record against Texas that he's had against Oklahoma at Oklahoma, they'd have fired. They'd have fired his ass inside of three years. There's no way he makes it that long. No way. If he's here at Alabama and he loses to Auburn three or four times, he's gone. See exactly. It. It's he's just done. like that everywhere. Look, <laughs> at, they were they were getting ready to fire Harbaugh if he didn't hurry up and beat Ohio State. He's right where he needs to be, man. Oklahoma State, uh, they, they don't they don't really strive to win football championships. They never have. Yeah, except that they pay him eight million. How in the world can you tell me? And so many of those fans, <laughs> when they come on the attack for us saying something about them. Those they, they're talking about that Oklahoma State will never get a better coach than him. At eight million dollars, you can't do better. Man, he could do a lot better. I could think of freaking five or six coaches that would do it for less than eight million and come in there and out recruit this guy. He's his yep. recruiting class for all these dudes that they've lost, number sixty-seven in the country. I, I can tell you a guy within your conference, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Absolutely. To go over there and win. So could Lance Leipold from Kansas. Exactly. <laughs> Easily. Uh, Dave Aranda, I'm not too uh, – I'm a little concerned with Dave Aranda. He's a little odd. There's something weird about them going, <laughs> winning what they did and then blowing it this year. But I think Aranda's a way better coach. I think that – I know that Joey McGuire is a better coach, and this is a high school coach. You know, he was a mm-hmm. high school coach. He's better. I could think of a hell the dude at UTSA. Um, oh yeah, Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer. I would I would hire him in a heartbeat if I'm Oklahoma State, and he'd do it for half of what they you know, paid Gundy. San Antonio's a pretty big city and it's growing. And I've mm-hmm. been to San Antonio. I almost moved down there uh, this past year, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, they're putting a lot of money in that program. 
I think the Big 12 maybe should invite them to be in it the conference. It won't be long. It won't be a they whole could lot replace, They could replace the Austin market with the San Antonio market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, and still keep some of that Austin. Yeah, exactly. And so you're looking at trailers won the last, what, two? Uh, the last two American conference championships yeah. or whatever? Or is it the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, one of those conferences. I think they it give, was the American. They give yeah. Texas a pretty hard time up until the early part of the fourth quarter. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of choked it away at the end, but it and then they should have beaten Houston too. Uh, like Houston, they that was the one game that they didn't choke. That they should have, you know, that I mean, they gave Houston all they could handle game 1. That's the other team out of the Big 12 right now that I think I think that Dana Holgerson is a, is a joke too. I think that I think that it's kind of <laughs> the same deal as uh as as it, it to me it's the same as Gundy. They're both very unlikable. And like he didn't want to take any kind of he didn't want to take any responsibility for them fighting on the sidelines and getting kicked out of games and all that. It's not about me. Uh, who's the head coach, bro? Dana Hoverson's <laughs> just like a worse version of Lincoln Riley, to me. I agree. He's just like a a, a Beetlejuice Dollar General version, man. <laughs> he looks just I, like Beetlejuice, don't he? He does, man. He's a weird cat. He's a weird cat, man. And he, I don't know what the deal is though, but I think that he's not, they're not going to give him a lot of time. The Fertitas don't play and they're running, they're running what's going on at Houston. If he doesn't, if he doesn't look the part year one in the big 12, they'll, they'll boot him and they probably should have coming in, but I don't know how you didn't fire, how you don't fire Gundy when you lost all those players to the I'll tell you what. You got a sleeping giant team in Central Florida. They got one of the biggest alumni and they have the biggest in America. They have the biggest alumni and base in the country, and they have the Orlando. most yeah. enrollment. You know, most people when they win the national championship, they go to where Disney World. They're already there. You get to go to Disney World anytime you want. Man. Hey, I think that them and BYU are already one and two in the conference as soon as Oklahoma and Texas leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard there was something between Texas and Houston where Texas, uh, they stopped playing Houston in Houston because of they some kept them from coming to the Big Twelve. They were always well, a part of the Big Eight. Texas played Houston in Houston or something, and some of the stands were unsafe for their fans, or something happened to their fans while they were down there, so they refused to play them anymore because mm-hmm. of the safe safety concerns or something. I don't know. They refused oh, to ever man. play them again, but now they're going to have to play them. <laughs> this year they will. This year they will. But and the only reason that Houston got into the Big Twelve was because Texas is leaving. Though they kept them out. It was definitely UT that kept them oh, out yeah. of the Big Twelve from a yeah. while back. They didn't want anything there, to do with them. There was some underhandedness uh, in the whole Texas Oklahoma thing, probably. But they wouldn't have been like that if the rest of the Big Twelve hadn't been such you know crybabies about the whole damn thing. But you know Texas probably could have been a little more open minded in letting BYU and them earlier and. Might have saved the conference. I don't know. The other thing that Texas did was the whole Longhorn Network is what kind of sent the entire conference away. Yeah, that they really could have. They could have said, "Turn this into the Big Twelve Network, just like the SEC Network, ACC, all that." Right? And they, when ESPN offered up the Longhorn Network, they took the money. They got richer than everybody else. And that in turn sent away Nebraska, Colorado, A and M, Missouri, all. When you're in a conference, you're supposed to share revenue. That's right. 
and they didn't. They didn't care anything about it. They got richer and still didn't win anything, but they they got richer and the rest of the conference was getting poorer. And uh, it was rumors. It was rumors that Texas might go independent. You know, just being independent like Notre Dame, which might be the best thing for them because if they come over to the SEC and start, nobody cares about what they think in the SEC. That's Mm -hmm. I know that I can't wait for that. They might be able to bully. They might be able to bully TCU and Baylor and Texas Tech, but they're not going to be able to bully anybody in the SEC. And all, the only and team that could stand up to them was your team, Oklahoma. That was the only team within the Big 12 that could stand up to Texas. Yeah, because even as much as they hate each other, and I mean, we all, I mean, horns down, let me go ahead and just say that real quick. Uh, as much as we hate the horns, they're the closest thing to alike. So, you know, they, and because of the fact that they make up half of the revenue for the conference, they're kind of still got to be allies too. So that was the whole, once, once the, once the, the invitation was there and for Texas and you know, when Texas was trying to get out, I don't know that they immediately called OU, but I'm pretty sure the SEC was like, Hey, if you bring OU, come on, you know? And so, but OU was going to do it. And so because of the whole I mean, you can't get rid of the of the Red River game. You can't. And so, what a what a. I tell you, a border rivalry that's never really been a rivalry that might be a nice little rivalry when Oklahoma comes over, and that's Oklahoma and Arkansas. It will you know, be. It will. They be. they don't really play. They never really played that much because you know Oklahoma's always in the big. Not age. since not since they moved. I mean, obviously they haven't played hardly at all since they moved when Arkansas went to the SEC. That's right. It was a good rivalry before that, though. And then same with, you know, same with Nebraska, you know, but Nebraska shouldn't have moved. That was a bad move on their part. Yeah, Nebraska shouldn't have went to the Big Ten. Mm-mm. Nope. And they're not they're not built for it. I don't know. I like Matt Rule. I just don't know that that's yeah. – I don't know that, there. It, it, Their geographical location does them no favors either. No, nah, man, out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of them freaking cornfields. I mean – I don't know, man. It seems like, a, and they've got great facilities. I mean, I guess they could. I mean, they had what ninety five was their last cha- last championship or whatever, and they went back to back. But yeah, they have they done anything since? I mean, nothing. It doesn't seem like, and that for sure, they were still fairly competitive until they went to the Big Ten. But speaking of recruiting to hard places, you know, a West Virginia fan brought up something the other day. He said that. Um, since these players are getting paid now that maybe instead of players being able to choose where they go, maybe they should start having a college draft for high school. Hmm. I told him, I don't think you can do that because you can't force a kid to go to school somewhere. Right. You know, just because you can't get the five-star athlete, that's not Alabama and Georgia and Oklahoma and Texas as well. Again, they're not going to allow it to get to that point. That's, I mean, this, everybody, they, they, of course, this is going to come from somebody from West Virginia. You know, they're they're not winning anything since Rich Rod left. And, you know. I, they which, talk bad about Rich Rod, but he had them on the cusp of a national championship game that year. They played for the Before national they, championship, didn't they, that year? No, I mean, well, they, they, they shit the bed against Pittsburgh. That's right. That's right. And uh, it cost them a shot at the national title. Right. But And that's a rivalry game. You can see that happening or whatever. But, like, the thing of it was, bottom line, is that yeah? That was the best they've been. Was uh, they beat the crap out of Oklahoma that year in the Fiesta Bowl? I think that very year they beat the crap out of OU in the Fiesta Bowl. That's so right. and so, 
I mean, I remember that. I remember those teams, and West Virginia was pretty good. The yeah. one thing I would say about it, look, you don't want this to be the NFL, number one. We don't want it. And the NFL, their model is if what you're trying to get, of course a, a West Virginia fan would say that because you want parity, whereas the rest of the the rest of the country really doesn't. But is parity really going to get you there? I don't know. You still gotta, don't, you still, yeah, you still got to coach them up. That's right. And I just don't We're see it. We're going to start and it's like I told them, I'm like, you don't you don't see regulations put on Harvard about getting the best law students. You don't see them telling Harvard, hey, you got too many good law students, you gotta let Cornell have some. Right. And that's the same thing. You know, when you're attending school, you pick the school you want to go to. You know? I agree. I, I don't get it either. And in in the end, it would get rigged and everything else, man. You <laughs> All the the more the well, more we got some rigging going on already. <laughs> there's rigging going on anyway, and there always has been. It's like this this whole feeling that somebody asked me the other day about a a level playing field. I said, "Shit, it ain't never been a level playing field, never." No, so stop expecting that. That's not what you're going to get. But <laughs> you're also not going to get a lot of these schools that, if you really wanted to be that, like, don't tell me that you can't. You know, don't tell me that you can't find a way to go out there and get the guy to coach him up and pay the money because there's yeah. a lot of places that have money. Watch. The one thing I'll say about Colorado is, is it's been a sleeping giant. There's a lot of money in Colorado. A lot of people that went to Colorado that have money and they're going to find a way to pay. And if they can recruit well, and the one thing that Prime has done well is recruit, and he's put decent coaches around him. He doesn't have to be in charge of coaching them up. The guys that he's got around him are decent. So we'll see what I think that in the Pac-12, they can win right away because it's just not that good. Well, yeah, the, the Pac-12 may help him. But the advantage he had at Jackson State was he was actually luring in four- and five-star athletes with some of his false narratives that he was out there speaking well, on. And then you know, didn't win that get, championship again was weird to me. I, I'm not going to get into all that, but um, – he was playing against other HBCU schools who had no four or five stars. Correct. So he had a distinct advantage on them. Correct. It'd be like, you know, they the, to me, the HBCU is like the Black Ivy League. You know, they don't play in the playoffs in the Division right. One AA or FCS playoffs. They just play against each other mostly, and then occasionally they'll schedule outside that. But he had a distinct advantage on everybody else in the HBCU. Right. It'd be like they're putting a 7A high school in a 2A district. Mm-hmm. And now when he goes to Colorado, he's not going to have that advantage because everybody else has got four and five star athletes. So correct, we're going to see real quickly. There was a reason why he hired those guys though that were already good coaches. Is yeah. what I feel like. You know, we're going to see real quickly if 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 he's if he's coach prime or if he's con time. Yeah, I think so too, and I, I think that you know, the facility wise, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to recruit well because they have as good of facilities as you'll find in the country. And as far as, you know, and, and the alumni to back up everything like that. And and they have some history, you know, yeah, I remember the national championship back in the nineties, even though they got a fifth down in that season. I remember that game too. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Wasn't that against Nebraska? I think it was Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Thank remember that. I'm not sure. Not I re- see, and those were the glory days of the big 12, man. When, when you had Colorado and Nebraska doing their thing. And then you know Oklahoma and them they weren't they weren't the guaranteed at the top every year. Then they were. Yeah, I, I, I sort of take what I, back what I said about Nebraska being able to be relevant because you know they should have beat 
Texas that year when Texas played national championship. They give him another second put on the clock, which was bogus. And Nadama can sue. If a defensive Ooh. player was ever going to win the Heisman Trophy, it, it should have been Nadama can sue. That guy was unbelievable, wasn't he? He, oh. he roughed old Colt McCoy up. Yes, he did. Yes, <laughs> he, he did. That was funny, man. Yeah. Listen, anytime, anytime you beat up on uh, on on UT, it makes me happy. But you know, it's uh, it's one of them deals. Yeah, it's just it's like you with Auburn, like you said. You know that same same with Oki Light. I I don't care anything about them winning a game again. I hope that they keep Gundy around forever. As far as I'm concerned, it just makes me laugh that he's got everybody snowed into thinking that you can't recruit there. When they've had they've had guys like Barry Sanders, they've had guys like Thurman Thomas, they've had I mean sure. they've had they've had re- receivers that have been all pros for the last 15, 20 years. If you can recruit those guys, you can recruit anybody. And Kel Gundy, his brother, if he is bringing him in, which I I don't know why they hadn't already. They kept telling me that that's already a done deal. I don't think it is because if that's the case, this dude recruited Joe Mixon and Adrian Peterson and freaking all the great players that Oklahoma's had offensively have been Kel Gundy guys up until the last well, couple of years. Mike Gundy acts like nobody else can make Oklahoma State relevant or a decent program that wins at least eight or nine games a year. But before him, Les Miles was winning there. Why do you think LSU hired Les Miles? Because he was winning the Oklahoma State. Oh yeah, I don't understand what those folks in Stillwater are doing. I just don't get it. How how they how he's able to make them believe what he's saying is beyond me. I mean, it it was was it Pat Con Man? You want to talk about Con Man? That dude is a Con Man. (laughs) Gundy. He's got a five-year revolving contract that renews every year, and he's making eight million. They owe him forty right now. Jesus. They'll owe him another 40 at the end of this year if they fire him. And they're well, talking even, about apparently he's got this year to figure it out. That's what Cody just told me. Well, even before I doubt it. Novels, Pat, Pat Jones was a decent coach. <laughs> was it Pat Jones that coached Barry Sanders and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, that was his coach. Yeah, that was his. I, Jimmy Johnson coached there too before yeah. he went to the U. <laughs> you know, Jimmy Johnson was a coach there too. Hey, Oklahoma fans are probably real happy that he left. Yeah, believe so that you can win there. I mean, uh, he just—he's just real narcissistic to me, man. He's just very fake. You know, he tries to act like he—he stands up for all this, all that's right, and, and he does evil. well he really with doesn't. three-star guys. Of you know, but here's the thing: is doing all that, the game does pass you by at some point. And it was it was threatening to to pass up Saban for a while until he changed his offense and did some of that other kind of stuff and got up with the times. But he was able to do it. Guys like Gundy do not. He hates the portal. He doesn't want to mess with it. Guess what? It ain't going nowhere. He doesn't like NIL because the, apparently they don't have the money. BS. T Boone Pickens left you plenty, bud. Don't give me that crap. But he doesn't want to do it. And so that's why, to me, I think if Kel was going to go, he'd already be there. But it messes with the narrative because Kel's always been able to recruit. He'll recruit those guys for them to get. And then then what excuses does Big Brother have? He doesn't have any anymore. Great coaches adapt. And they, that's right. they, they're like chameleons. They, they know when to change colors. And Saban done that. Like you said, he brought in Lane Kiffin. Brought in uh, 
even before that, Jim McElwain. Yeah, and he hated it. He, you could tell he didn't like it. He wanted to play Smash Mouth, but he also he, he hated me. losing worse. <laughs> exactly. He told me, like, I don't think it's safe for players to have to play as many snaps. And everybody thought he was just making excuses. He said, but if y'all want to play like that, that's okay. That's what we'll play. Then I'll go get somebody that can play like that. Mm-hmm. And just like with Bear Bryant, even back in the day, you know, he was uh, an eye formation guy when he from, first came to Alabama. Then he changed to the wishbone. Yeah. Because that was the in vogue offense at the time. He was able to listen to other coaches. He wasn't too narcissistic about himself to take pointers from Dare Royal at Texas. The more I've heard about Bear, you know, throughout the years, you know, and, and where nowadays you get to you get to hear a lot more of that, you know, with all the different networks out there that tell the stories and like Saturdays down south. I really like that that channel. Um I mean what was it Condridge? Condridge, uh, he was the Alabama kid that went to Tennessee quarterback, black quarterback. Condridge was a Holloway. Yeah, went to Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and like Bear Bryant telling him, hey, man, I'd love to, but they can't, they are not going to let me have a black quarterback, man. Go to Tennessee because you'll get to, you'll get to do it. Tennessee's one of their biggest rivals, and he sends this kid off of there. That tells right. you he's a good man. You and know, after, after that guy done what he did, and all the alumni seen that Bear was right in trying to give the guy a chance to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right after that, we had Walter Lewis, who's right. our first black quarterback. You know, right. us in Tennessee were ahead of most northern teams. You know, all these northern teams try to label us as the racist region of the United States. When in reality, we had a black quarterback before. A lot of teams, mm-hmm. not just the South, but in in the North, West, and everywhere. Right, right. It's a crazy deal, man. But and you, I love. That's what I love about it is that now we're starting to that history that the history books that they want you to hit, that want you to read, you know, that fits their narrative or whatever. A lot of the stories are getting out now, and you start understanding the real story and what really yeah. happened. And like, I don't think that Bear Bryant had a braces bone in his body. I think that that's clear. You know what I mean? He was the, he was one of the first. I weren't wasn't Alabama one of the first SEC teams to allow any black players. I mean, that's under right. Bear as well. That's so right. that's. I mean, to me, I I just feel like, and a lot of people like to say a lot of things about Bear Bryant, but he was well, great. He was the great. Most racist city in America to me, and I've heard, is Boston, and it's way up north, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, man. ask any of those guys geography. that play for the Celtics, they'll tell you that. It might have been about geography back in the 1800s and early 1900s, but sure, the racism has been everywhere. It's just uh, they used it against the South to push their version of the history books, like you said. Well, yeah, the Civil War was North versus South, so it's easy to push that. You know, I've really given uh, people some quality content today, some history and some comedy and some. <laughs> Definitely, just, yeah. We've kind of been all over the map, haven't we today? Man, just shooting the shit, man. Just sitting yeah. down having a beer tomorrow. I love it, man. Soon, I've had a lot of fun with it too, man. I just, uh, I'm glad. I think we ought to do this often. Anytime you want me to come by, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out with you too. Um, and I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you, uh, the fact that you've kind of promoted me uh, as, as a, as a channel. I've, I've tried to do the same for you, man. I enjoy watching your show. And I'm uh, so glad that you came on mine too. I'm going to pop this out there. I'll probably just leave it alone, let it go. And uh, we'll okay. see how everybody, how everybody likes it. And uh, 
but definitely uh anytime let me know and uh we'll we'll do this again for sure let me know what you find out about uh about the offensive coordinator position maybe we'll have to do another one of these yeah man. dan mullen was another name that's popped up but i hope that's not true either because he's weird he is a weird cat man him and his wife go around kissing florida players in the mouth <laughs> Were they? See, I didn't know what all was going on over there, but Dan's a weird dude, man. Yeah. And he was making all kinds of excuses about getting their asses kicked by. Yeah, by they had pictures of his wife on. kissing the players in the mouth. I'm like, I can understand kissing them on the cheek or something. Even that's a little too much touchy-feely for me. But yeah, yeah. she's kissing directly on the mouth. I'm just like, golly, man, what's going on there? It's awfully lovable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I've heard some weird stuff about that dude still. I still don't think – I think he's kind of a weird cat anyways, but he just wasn't that great a coach either. So, yeah, he can't recruit. No. Nah, nope. Outlaw of College Football on YouTube at OCF Productions as well. Uh, make sure to tweet him. Hey, if you're not already a subscriber to his channel, I'm going to say what I said on Twitter yesterday. What the hell are you waiting on? Um he has no love for the Skittle shitters out there at USC. Uh, so he's definitely one of those guys that an Oklahoma fan is going to enjoy all the time. Uh, definitely one of my friends. I enjoy every second of it. And uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely have you on again. And uh, anytime you'd like for me to jump on, I'll, I'll be honored to do so. Thanks a lot for coming on my show, man. All right, brother. Crimson Nation's rule. That's right. Horns down. And uh, Lincoln down too. That's right. <laughs>